A reading from Luke 23, beginning at verse 26. And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. This is the word of the Lord. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So the first word to come out of Jesus' mouth on the cross tells us almost everything that we would need to know on Good Friday. And the word is Father. Father tells us who Jesus is. Father tells us that he is the Son of God. And Father also tells us that Jesus does not give up on God. Even though Jesus is suffering, you can see here that he is praying. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, we read this. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So Jesus prays in suffering. And Jesus enables us to pray in suffering as well. What else does the prayer reveal? Well, second, it reveals to us that Jesus must be sinless. Let me ask you, what would you do if you were about to die? Whatever you're doing right now, if you knew that this was to be your last day, what would you do? Because I imagine that what you would do is you would pray as well. But I bet what you would do is you would spend a lot of that time praying for yourself. Surely, even if you were supremely confident about your eternal destiny, at least you would spend some of that time praying for forgiveness. And depending where you were and who you were with, you might even ask for the last rites. I think you would probably like to hear some words of assurance and some words of absolution. Every time I minister to a person at the end of their life, I go into their home or I go to their hospital bed and I ask a question that very few other people would ever dare to ask. It's rude and it's risky, but I have to ask it. And so I ask them, are you prepared to die? Is there anything at all on your heart that you feel you need to confess? And I say, do you trust in the Lord? And I, I try to come up with several different ways to phrase this. I say, are you right with Jesus? 
And the reason why I push this question and I ask it is because I want them to have an assurance of their salvation. And I know that any minute now, it is going to be too late. And you see here in this passage that no one asks Jesus that kind of a question. And Jesus is certainly not asking it of himself. He is the Son. Father tells us this. And he is sinless. His prayer tells us this. Even though he's about to die, he is in fact not praying for himself, he's praying for someone else. The fact that Jesus is praying for other people, not for his own forgiveness, still talking to the Father, tells us the third thing about Jesus. It tells us that he is the Savior. Who is it that he wants to save? Well, it's the Jews and the Romans who are killing him that he wants to save. He prays for his enemies. By extension, we have to realize this Good Friday that that includes us. He prays for you. In that great hymn, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, we sing, it was my sin that held him there. We're being asked to view our sin as like the nails that held him on the cross. Just as the nails physically held his body, it's our sin that holds him there on that cross. He dies for us, and he prays for us while we kill him. And as he dies, he pleads with the Father for mercy for us. Please do not hold them culpable for this. They don't even know what they're doing, he prays. Now, they will not actually receive this mercy unless and until they turn to him and seek his forgiveness. But the thing is that Jesus wants them to. The prayer reveals that Jesus wants them to repent. Even as the nails go in, he wants them to live through his death. And here's the irony. What is it that will break their ignorance? What is it that will let them know what they are doing? What is it that will reveal to them that he is the son and he is sinless and he comes to save them? It is the cross. It is the very thing that they are doing that will reveal all of this to them. In John 3.16, many scholars believe this is Jesus speaking. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that all believing in him might not die, but have everlasting life. Jesus knows that the cross, his agony, and his blood, and his death, and his taking on of sin, is the apex of salvation history. It is the key to his Father's plan to love and save the world. And this first word, Father, tells us that Jesus understands this. He knows every bit of it. He knows what he's doing. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen.